go ahead and turn to Genesis 12.1. Now this is after, well, let's, let's back up and uh, read Genesis 11, start at verse 31. And Terah took Abram his son, and Lot his, the son of Haran his son's son, and Sarai his wife, his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and they went forth with them from the Ur of the Chaldees to go down to the land of Canaan, and they came to Haran and dwelt there. The days of Terah were two hundred and five years, and Terah died in Haran. Verse uh, chapter 12. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So Aaron departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Aaron. Now Abram, let's remember who we are in history now. This is, we're just going to call it 400 years after the flood. God singled out Abram and told him, You do this, this, and this, and I will do this, this, and this. Back up in history. Noah got off of the ark. First thing they did was built an altar sacrifice animals. That point in history, 100% of the people on earth believed God. After man had dwelling within him the sin of the flesh, 100% of the people on earth believed God. Now we're 400 years after that point. God singled out Abram and told him these things that we just read about right here. Now what's wrong with this story here? Let's look back at verse 1 of 12. Now Abram, I'm sorry, and the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred and from thy father's house into a land that I will show thee. These are the things that God told Abram to do. And let's look at verse 4. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him and Lot went with him and Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of Aaron. The point being one of the things that God told Abram to do was leave your kindred. And Lot, his nephew, went with him. 
And if you remember the story, we're not going to go into great detail, but they went into Haran. Let's look at verse, I mean, into Canaan. Let's look at verse 7. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land, and there build he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. And of course, when you build an altar, that means that you also have a sacrifice. So, on their, on their journey down, Abram, or God said, hey, this is it. This is the land right here. But the problem was there was a famine in the land at that time. So he went on down into Egypt. And when he got down into Egypt, this is the one of this is the time where he tells Sarah his wife, you know, if anybody asks, you're my sister now. Because he was a little afraid to go in there and no tell them what they might do. But if we read it, of course his fears came true and Pharaoh took his wife from him. And at that time, he gave him all kinds of wealth. I don't, I don't want to get into it and read it, but you got to know the story that because of this, Abram come out of there a rich man. But the point being, there was plagues visited upon Egypt because of this, and the point is, Pharaoh understood that the plagues were there because he took the woman from Abraham. He understood that. Let's find 12 again, 13, we'll look at it. And he tells her, well, let's read it in uh, 18. Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this that thou hast done unto me? And why didst thou not tell me that she was thy wife? And saidest thou, she is my sister, so I might have taken her to me to wife. Now therefore, behold, thy wife, take her and go thy way. And Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent them away his wife and all that he had. He understood. Uh, I don't know that he understood, but possibly he understood that there was a God in heaven. This is only... 400 years after Noah got off the ark. And maybe at this time, this Pharaoh understood, yes, there is a God in heaven, and all these plagues are because I took this woman, this man's wife. I don't know if that's true. We don't, you know, it's just, it could explain what happened here. So Abram is following God's direction. He's going towards the land of Canaan. He builds the altar. Let's look at... Uh, now, they went to Egypt. They got ran back out of Egypt. And let's read uh, verse 13, or chapter 13. And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and Lot with him into the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle and silver and gold, and he went on his journeys from the south, even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Hai. This is where he first this is where God said, This is the land I was talking about. So he ended up back in that one place. 
unto the place of the altar which he had made there at the first and Abraham and Abram called on the name of the Lord probably another sacrifice and because the famine couldn't support them before they went into Egypt it's worse now because they've got more cattle and more goods so they understand they've got to split and this is I think what God did to make Abram split from Lot if you remember the story Lot went towards Sodom Abraham went the other way now immediately just as soon as that happened let's read verse 14 in chapter 13 and the Lord said to Abram after that Lot was separated from him now we're getting down to the real promises lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward from the land which thou seest to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever and I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth so that if a man can number the dust of the earth then shall thy seed also be numbered arise walk through the land in the length of it and the breadth of it for I will give it unto thee and Abram removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre which is in Hebron and there he built an altar unto the Lord Abraham is not forgetting the proper way to worship God Now he has, he has left his father's house, he has left his country, he has left his kindred, and he is in the land that God has showed him. Now, what happens next in the story? kings come against the point the, the point I want to bring out here is they captured Lot took him away and Abraham Abram at this time got his trained men and calls them and they went after and they defeated the kings that had defeated Sodom and they brought them back they brought back all the people and all the goods that they got from it and on the way back they go by a man named Melchizedek let's take a look at that we'll go to uh, chapter 14 verse 18 and Melchizedek king of Salem brought forth bread and wine and he was the priest of the most high God and he blessed him and said blessed be Abram of the most high God possessor of heaven and earth and blessed be the most high God which hath delivered thine enemies into thine hands and he gave him tithes of all 
Here we see Melchizedek. Certainly, certainly a type of Christ. He was the king of Salem, which is Jerusalem. And he was a priest of the Most High God. Remember where we are in history now. God has called Abram out of his land and he just happens to go by Salem on his way back from conquering the people that conquered Sodom where he meets Melchizedek another we don't know anything about Melchizedek this is all there is to his story right here but it is he is called the king of the most high God and if we look in Psalms where God says I will make you a priest after the order of Melchizedek and then we go to Hebrews and we read exactly what that means that he Christ was to be after the order of Melchizedek instead of the Levitical priesthood we can understand but just to, he just kind of throws that in here and I think that tells us that yeah there were people on the earth at that time that still did those things that God had required of them we um, know he picked Abraham here's Melchizedek king of a city he was a priest of the most high God for the people of that city and there could have been others around if you really look into this Melchizedek you can make a very good case that this was Shem who was the son of Noah let's look at uh, Psalms 110 for a second verse 4 the Lord hath sworn and will not repent thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek talking about Jesus Christ let's look at Genesis 17 when Abram was 90 years old and nine the Lord appeared unto Abram and said unto him I am the almighty God walk before me and be thou perfect and I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly and Abram fell to his face and God walked with him saying as for me behold my covenant is with thee and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name be called any more Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made thee. And I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy
thy seed forever. And I will give unto thee, and to thy seed after thee, the land wherein thou art a stranger, the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenants, therefore thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. This is my covenant which ye shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. And ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and you. And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you, every man child in your generations. He that is born in your house, or brought with your money, or of any stranger which is not thy seed. He that is born in thy house, and he that is bought with thy money must needs be circumcised. And my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And the uncircumcised man child whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people. He hath broken my covenant. And God said unto Abram, Abraham now, As for Sarai thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall her name be. And I will bless her, and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. And Abram fell to his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old, and Sarah that is ninety years old? And shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? And Abram said unto God, O oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed forever. And as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him, and I will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget, and I will make him a great nation. So we've got two things here in this chapter. And one is the covenant of circumcision. But the other one is, the one we want to concentrate on now, is that this promise, if you remember Bobby's funnel up there, we are funneling down now from Abraham, and not all his seed, because we just talked about Israel, but his going to go through Isaac. And it's an important thing to consider and to remember that it is through Isaac that this promise will come. Chapters here. There's so much in each chapter, we just don't have time to 
go into everything about this subject, but we're just going to kind of piecemeal it together and try to make it all fit before we're finished here. I hope we make it all fit anyway. Let's look at uh, verse 15. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham out of heaven the second time. And he said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemy. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Remember what happened here. God had told Abraham to take Isaac, the one who he had been told before is through which the seed came. He told him to take him up to Mount Moriah, I believe it was, yes, and offer him there for a burnt offering. And God and Abraham did that. He took Isaac to who the seed would go, which should come, to who the covenant should be up to this mountain, and he was going to sacrifice him. He had the altar, he had the wood, he laid him down, and he was ready to plunge the knife. And God stopped him and provided a ram for a sacrifice. Abraham knew one of two things. He knew that God would stop him or he knew that Isaac would be resurrected if he did it because God had already promised him and made a covenant with him that it would be through Isaac. We, read, we can read I think some of that Hebrews 11 kind of refers to that that Abram knew that things would work out the way God said they would work out Let's back up to 17 over again. 
where it talks about your seed is going to be as the sands of the seashore and the stars of the heaven and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies so we're taking all the all of the multitudes of lack of a better word the Hebrews and we're going to call, condense these all down to his enemy which is Christ we're going to For thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemy, which is the singular seed, which is Christ, which I'm sure that we're going to get into that with Bobby's talks about where, where Paul tells us that he's talking about Christ here. So the same promise also was given to Isaac. Let's look at... Uh, chapter 26 <clears throat> and there was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abram and Isaac went to Abimelech king of the Philistines into Gerar and the Lord appeared unto him and said Go not down into Egypt, dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of, and sojourn in this land. And I will be with thee, and will bless thee, for unto thee and unto thy seed I will give thee these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abram, thy Abraham thy father. And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven, and I will give unto thy seed all these countries and in thee shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge my commandments my statutes and my laws that very same phrase and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed now we didn't touch on the controversy of Abraham's children he had Ishmael 12 years before he had Isaac it was very clear that the birthright and the promise was to go to Isaac. Let's look at uh, Genesis 17 for a minute. And let's read verse 18. Seeing that Earl... And Abram said unto God, O that Ishmael might live before thee. And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant, and with his seed after him.
later on, Isaac's, in Isaac's children, we have a controversy with his older twin brother, Esau. Let's take a look at Genesis 25. Verse 21. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah his wife conceived. And the children struggled together within her, and she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in the womb, and two manners of people shall be separated from thy bowels, and the one people shall be stronger than the other, and the elder shall serve the younger. And we know the story that they were born, Isaac being first, and the birthright and the promise went to Jacob. So this again is an exception to the rule. The rule being the firstborn gets everything by birthright. Both Isaac and with Jacob, that rule was broken. And this shows that God is the king of the universe and he rules in the affairs of men. Let's look at Genesis, Genesis 35. <coughs> Verse 9. And God appeared unto Jacob again when he came out of Panandaram and blessed him. And God said unto him, Thy name is Jacob. Thy name shall not be called any more Jacob, but Israel shall be thy name. And he called his name Israel. And God said to him, I am God Almighty, the fruitful. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall be of thee, and kings shall come out of thy loins. Well, I give the land. And God went up from him in the place where he talked with him. And Jacob set a pillar in the place where he talked with him, even a pillar of stone, and poured a drink offering thereon, and poured oil thereon. And Jacob called the name of the place where God spake with him, Bethel. Could be the very same place that Abraham, between Bethel and Hai, but that's another, another tangent that I like to fly on every now and then. Sometimes my tangents overcome me. Look at uh, chapter 36 while we're right here. The question is, is what did happen to Esau? If we look at chapter 36, 1, we're going to see, and these are the generations of Esau, who is Edom. Let's look at verse 8. 
Thus dwelt Esau in Mount Seir. Esau is Edom. Let's look at 19. These are the sons of Esau, who is Edom, and these are their dukes. And let's look at verse 43. Duke Magdiel, Duke Iram, these be the dukes of Edom, according to their habitations and the land of their possession. He is Esau, the father of the Edomites. Chances are Esau turned out to be Edom. And we know who Edom is today. It's Jordan. Esau turned out to be Jordan. So between the descendants of Ishmael, who had 12 kings, and the descendants of Esau, if, if you read that whole chapter, there's, I don't know, a lot. They all were kings. They all ruled nations. And what happened to these people? We know who the people through Isaac turned out to be. What happened to these people? They are the nations round about Israel today. These are the start of the Arabs. About 2,300 years after this, at the, very, at the very first, if you remember, they chose not to serve God. They chose not to serve the God of Abraham. Very few of them did. We can maybe pick a couple that did, but the majority of them didn't. 2,300 years later, they decided, we'll serve the prophet Muhammad instead of serving God. And why do I even mention this right now? Because, brothers and sisters, we're seeing the culmination of the Abrahamic covenant. We're living in that time in history where the covenant that was set back here a lot of years ago is coming to the end of it. We see the problems we have in the world today and it's getting easier and easier to see God's hand in the affairs of men. Because of the prophecies of this Bible, we know that these things are coming to pass. I know I'm starting to ramble and get off on tangents again. I just want to make a couple. I'm not going to get into prophecy, but I want to make a couple of observations that I've seen in my lifetime, which is starting to get to be longer and longer, but that's another point. But the point is, 25 years ago, 25 years ago, Iran was ruled by what we called at that time the Shah of Iran. We didn't know anything about it. All I know is at that time, Iran was fairly pro-West and at least he was not anti-Israel. Then a fellow named Khomeini took over. Shah fell out of disfavor. Khomeini took over. 
way, it was his idea that Israel should not be a nation any longer. And in these past 25 years, they've grown in power to where today they're on the verge of having nuclear capability or they might even have it. Five years ago, we toppled Saddam. And look at that country today. What was it five years ago? That's when the planes hit, wasn't it? It was just, what, a year ago, two years ago, two years ago, Saddam fell. That country today is in a terrible situation, which could turn into some kind of a civil war that will just take care of thousands of them. The point is, they had what they called a democratic election, and we can see what good that's done for them. Let's talk about Palestinians. They also had a democratic election, and who did they elect? They elected Hamas. You know, the sworn terrorists, the sworn enemies of Israel, they elected to rule that group of people. I can't even call them a country. Let's think about another thing. A year ago, or whatever this election was, a month ago, shortly before that, Sharon gave, Sharon being the Prime Minister of Israel, gave Gaza back to the Palestinians, thinking this would be a thing that might bring peace well, we saw what happened there. Now they're, you know, they say, well, we've got this. Now we want the rest. And what happened to Sharon? He had a massive heart attack. Didn't kill him, but he probably will not be prime minister any longer. Brothers and sisters, the Abrahamic covenant is about to be realized. Let's review history again for a minute. The history of the Abrahamic Covenant. The first time it was mentioned in the Bible was back in Genesis 12.1. We read that. Let's go back and look at it again. You know, when we read these things, it's always my intention try to understand what they say and then also what they mean. Sometimes it's different. 12.1 Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. When I first read this, I looked at that verse and I said, Well, the Lord God had said unto Abram. So that's telling me that he told him this before. So right away you think, Well, it says right here that he told him this back when he was in the early colonies, or at least in Haran. But I looked it up in the Septuagint, and that word had is not there. It reads, the Lord said unto Abram. So at that point, you know, if you read it in the Septuagint, which is the real, a better rendition than this, 
that don't mention any past tense about this. But let's look over at Nehemiah now. before thee and made us a covenant with him to give the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Jebusites, and the Gergesites, to give it, I say, unto his seed, and hast performed the words, for thou art righteous. Point being, Nehemiah says, brought thee forth out of the earth of the Chaldees. Now let's look at Acts 7. This being the uh, Stephen's defense at right before they stoned him. Then said the high priest, "Art thou? Are these things so?" And he said, Men and brethren and fathers, hearken. The God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia, before he dealt in Haran. And he said unto him, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from and come into the land which I shall show thee. And he came out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Haran, and from thence when his father was dead, he removed him into this land wherein ye now dwell. So it does appear that the promise was first given to Abram before his name was changed when he was still in Ur of the Chaldees. So he left his family, he and his family left there till his father died. He and his nephew Lot went along. Then he and his, they split, Lot going to Sodom. At this point, Abraham finally had done exactly what God told him. God told him again, this is the land that you'll inherit and your seed. At this point, God is speaking of his natural seed. And when he did promise 
when did the promise become a covenant? Right now, he just promised this would happen, but then we talk about a covenant. Let's look back at Genesis 15. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy great exceeding reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childish, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. At that time, his steward's seed would be his seed if he did not have any of his own. And behold, the word of the Lord, I'm sorry, I'm going to born in my house, at back in, at three, and Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one is born in my house. Is One born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thy heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now towards heaven and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness.